pastel de nata. Churros. Brigadeiro. Calzone. Apple pie. 水煮肉片. Bangers and mash. Toad in the hole. Paella. Welcome everyone, my name is David G. Martins and I'm the executive chef for the European Union Embassy in Washington, D.C. And today it's going to be a very special episode and that's why I call this one the Christmas special before Christmas. It could start as a joke, a Ukrainian, a Portuguese and a British man walking to a bar, but no. My two guests were kind enough to come back to the podcast and for the first time ever, it will be a three-way conversation. She's an acclaimed cookbook author that includes the three books Mamushka, Caucasus and Summer Kitchen, where she explores and shares the best food from Eastern Europe inspired by her childhood and family. He is the co-founder of Sorted Food, a YouTube cooking channel and food website with millions of subscribers. Google has described Sorted Food as one of the world's largest food and cooking communities. Olia Hercules and Ben Abril, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. How are you? Yeah, real good, real good. That's good. So I will start with Olia. Olia, when did you stop believing in Santa? Oh, I think I actually remember this moment quite clearly. So I have a brother who is eight years older than me. Yeah. And, and it's always uh, the brothers. Yeah. Yes. And I must have been, I don't know, seven, six. And it was literally, it was like a Homer Simpson moment, you know, like the Simpsons where what says to his sister and that guy that's not that fat guy that's not santa you know that's dead that's pretty much what he said to me <laughs> very, <laughs> very straightforward yeah okay yeah how about you ben do you remember uh no i still believe because i think christmas is one of those times where you're allowed to put throw everything out of the rule book and for as long as you believe you can have an amazing time at christmas and who else is going to pour you know if, if, if santa doesn't exist there's no one to pour sherry for and leave mince pies out for so You've got to open the box of mince pies to give Sandra a couple, and then you get to eat the rest. <laughs> if he doesn't exist, no one gets mince pies. <laughs> I remember I was four, and I was watching Santa on, on a TV, and then someone ringed the bell, and by someone, now I know it was my stepfather. And my mom, she said, oh, it's Santa Claus. You know, he just dropped off some gifts. And I opened the door, and there was a lot of gifts there. And then I, was, I asked her, I was like, so how come he's on TV right now? But he's just here. And when she said, oh, no, because, you know, he's very fast. That didn't. That didn't. I was like, You're a smart yes. kid. You're a smart not true. Okay, so I would like to know, I'll, Ben, um, I'll start with you. What happens on your Christmas Day? You know, the preparation, 24th, 25th. Do you guys do just 24th or 25th? What's, just tell me what happens to the Abril's household. Yeah, so I think obviously it's changed since when we were kids. But I think more recently, it's still very much about relaxed downtime and family time so uh christmas eve now my parents uh, have kind of moved away a little bit so we sort of head up there and, and that becomes our especially this year our family bubble um but i think what's what's key for us is kind of in those probably three days that's it it's pretty much just the family now so it's like close the doors and you're in this perfect um perfect space christmas eve is good food but casual food And then the feast begins from the moment you get up Christmas Day and just carries on right the way through. Um, it, it, food doesn't stop. And the only break is to try and head out and get some fresh air on a, a, a brisk walk to blow the cobwebs away. We used to have a dog, um, which was the excuse. Now we have to force ourselves off of the sofa, close the box of biscuits or chocolate and force ourselves to have a walk. Otherwise, we literally wouldn't move for three days. 
you open presents on the 24th or 25th or at midnight open presents on the 25th and we always do it after lunch so we do a little like small gifts stocking fillers in the morning and then we kind of wait have a, a late lunch um, and then we'll do it in the afternoon so you again you're spacing things out across the day i, I started opening presents on 23rd i have no patience like let's just see what's going on calendars <laughs> <laughs> that's true olia how about you I, i don't know if you only nowadays if you celebrate on the 25th because i know back home ukraine a lot of people just celebrate on the 7th right january 7th yeah. Yeah. But so, so how's your 24th, 25th? Yeah, so we do we do it all. We do the, the kind of British Christmas and Ukrainian Christmas later on. Um, actually, pretty similar to Ben, I think. Uh, definitely the 24th is more of a subdued kind of, you know, Joe will cook something and um, the next day, we yeah, we just cook and have drinks and hang, hang out. And if it's, you know, if my mom and dad are here, which I don't think they will be this year, of course, but you know, they just crack joke, crack like bad Ukrainian dad jokes and stuff. And it just really works out. Yeah. You know, I've got kids as well. So Sash would be kind of pestering us to open the presents as early as the 23rd, just like you here. Mm-hmm. Um, we also will probably eat and then sit in the, in the living room and start opening the presents after the lunch on the 25th. And yeah, it's just, it is, it's definitely also about relaxing. There's no kind of, it doesn't feel stressful. Like I've had other Christmases before, and this is the least stressful that it's ever felt at the moment. Can you relax on Christmas with doing all that cooking? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it is. It's super, it's super relaxing. Like it's fine. How about you, Ben? Yeah. Well, the the good thing about Christmas is it's relatively the same every year. So you know how to do it because it's pretty much the same as last year. And I would say, actually, in in, um, sort of our household, for us, the kitchen becomes the whole hub of the whole three days. And we're very fortunate. It's it's a nice open plan kitchen and there's kind of a a middle island. And pretty much we just congregate around there and somebody's cooking and then somebody passes the sprouts and somebody's peeling potatoes. It's kind of a bit more communal. My dad takes the lead on Christmas dinner, uh, always has done. Um, But we all chip in and help where we can, but we're stood there kind of with him. So it's not, it's not like there's a chore happening in the kitchen and everyone's having fun in the living room. For us, it's all kind of centered around the same space. That's my Christmas because I'm the only one in the kitchen. Oh, Everybody's like, "Oh, this film, this movie is so cute." I was like, "I wouldn't know. I'm cutting potatoes." Uh, so yeah, I don't think sometimes Christmas that uh, uh, relaxed for me. In Portugal, actually, we take a big consideration on the 24th. A lot of people do. I mean, of course, you have both days, but 24th, you really, really have a very special meal. And on the 25th, you might have other thing. Uh, in the US, I adopted an idea, which was every year I do a theme, like a different country. So it can be an Asian night for 24th or Italian night or doesn't matter. And then on 25th, normally it's pretty standard what I cook. I, I refuse to adopt any American foods. So I, I actually normally make beef wellington because I think pleases everybody. So uh, and nobody complains too much unless you like, you know, well done food. But anyway, what's the worst, Aaliyah, the worst present you ever received? Oh my God, you're throwing me under the bus right there. Um, it's your family. You deal with them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> the worst present. Oh man. You oh. think about it? I, I'll, ben, do you know Ben on top of your head? No, I can't. I can't think of, I mean, there must be these terrible items, but I mean, ironically, I think we've probably opened more terrible presents 
within sorted when we do the Christmas content and we do mm -hmm. Christmas gift ideas and that we always go to the extremes and some of them are very, very good and some of them are quite terrible, but they'll be right for somebody. Um, but it's often the novelty ones. I can't, I, no, I'm even grateful for socks because it saves you having to buy them. For me, it was a, uh, a mug that was in the shape of a skull. And my fa I was like 12, and it was very out loud. I did the WTF, I said out loud, because I didn't understand the gift. It's not exactly I was in, in a gothic mood. I don't know why. So what was my aunt? She gave me a skull, you know, shape on the mug. Anyway, Olia, do you remember? No, I'm trying to think if there's ever been like a work, you know, when I used to work in an office, whether there's ever been like a bad kind of secret Santa situation. There probably has been, but it, it hasn't stuck in my mind. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to cook on Christmas? My favorite thing to cook on Christmas, just all the veg, like all the veg prep, just give it to me. I'll do it. I find it like super meditative. Okay. All of the kind of peeling, boiling, draining, roasting, whatever you got to do. I'm your veg lady right here. How about you, Ben? I think I like, I, I love all the mold spices. So whether it is going to be a mold drink or something again, like always it's like the, the red cabbage, but like slow cooked red cabbage, but with all that wonderful kind of orange and clove and, and cinnamon and star anise, it's those kind of mulling spices that I love wafting through the kitchen. So yeah, whether it's a savory thing like cabbage for the main course or just wine. <laughs> just mold the wine. Just wine. Ben, Christmas pudding and mince pies, yay or nay? Absolutely, yes. Love them to bits um, and no Christmas is complete without them. Do you have to make the Christmas pudding like now, isn't it? Like three, three weeks before, four weeks before? So yeah, I think if you're traditionally making one, it's one of the only things we actually don't make at home. Um, we, always, we always buy one. Um, so we'll quite often have a go and make some homemade mince pies and things like that and di different versions, different years. Um, but the Christmas pudding we always, we always buy. And it's, it's actually become a bit of a, a running joke um, that my dad in particular loves to what well, he's a bit like me he's a man of contingency he's always got a backup plan and there was this one year that we had a spare christmas pudding for some reason and it just got put in the cupboard um, and the following year he was like well we've still got one left but i better get another one just in case when we get to it that one's not any good anymore um but he always first in first out uses last year's so we serve that it's absolutely fine everyone loves it and he's still left with this year's and he now has this running joke that every year <laughs> He buys a Christmas pudding just in case last year's isn't any good, but it's always just fine because that's how old Christmas puddings can be because they're just fruit and spice and sugar and booze. Um, but yeah, it's a running joke that he'll still get. I can guarantee you there'll be one waiting for us this year, but he'll still go and get another one just in case. Just in case. Olia, do you like Christmas pudding, the British Christmas pudding? Uh, yeah, so I'm not very good with kind of, you know, dried fruit too much dried fruit i just find it super overwhelming like maybe a christmas pudding ice cream or something like a little bit of a hint somewhere like i do like all the spicing and stuff but dried fruit not the biggest fan so mint spice as well i'm a little bit it depends it needs to be kind of not so sweet but i don't know how to do that well, i'm always like oh, i want to make mint spice because they just look so like appetizing and then every time i try one i'm like oh bloody hell i don't really like dried fruit every time you can ask ben for a few for a few tips i don't know as I, was, well. I was gonna say a little trade secret i didn't know you were gonna ask that um and <laughs> listening but we've also been able to see each other i've actually just finished a bowl of christmas pudding and ice cream because we filmed some 
about a week ago and there's some left in the studio and I'm still here in the studio and with time difference it's quite late and I thought I'm going to treat myself some Christmas pudding just before we come and talk to you about Christmas so I've literally just had a bowl and it's not even Christmas yet it's, we're in the same wavelength then what kind, what kind of ice cream uh, just matter. vanilla ice cream okay. classic vanilla ice cream there's plenty of spice going on in the pudding but I, I like Ollie's idea of sometimes mixing in leftover mince pies or leftover Christmas pudding into an ice cream to create that as the flavor yeah. yes I've been watching a lot of a lot of Americans love it. And I know in UK as well, because it's a British show, the British Bake Off. And my problem, because Aliyah was talking about dry fruits, they normally you want to turn a classic into something different, right? They always add something to the classics. It's just a lot of dry fruits. You know, the sultanas and the raisins and the golden raisins, it's just the dates and I'm it's not it's I can't because I always just feel gets very stodgy, just gets very I don't know. That's just me, but I guess Ali also shares that kind of. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of um, dry fruits, but that's my problem, I guess. Olia, what's the? How by the way, how do you say Christmas in Ukrainian? Rizdvo. That's what I was thinking. Uh, the big. What's the biggest difference between both countries? I mean, I'm sure there's obvious parts uh, when it comes to food and tradition itself. Itself that you found when you moved to the UK. Mm, well, it's uh, it's massively different, actually. Um, and also the way that we had Christmas in the south of Ukraine was a little bit different to how people have it and has been preserved in Western Ukraine, where you've got the crazy like pagan masks and beautiful people like playing the violin and people singing and it was just all colorful and kind of super folk and super incredible. Like I've experienced it once, it was amazing. Ours was a little bit more subdued. In, to, uh, in the South, because it was quite communisty and Russia's quite close. So, you know, those traditions were like hit on the head a little bit. But in terms of food, it's, yeah, again, it's very different because in Ukraine, we have so 12 kind of served 12 dishes. Uh, they can vary, but they have to be pescatarian. There's no meat for a reason as well, because I guess by that point you would have killed, you know, you would have slaughtered all your animals that you've been keeping, you know, your pig would have been made into sausages and black pudding and whatever, whatever, whatever. So then only fish was allowed as a kind of meat, but people kind of considered that to be vegetarian. Anyway, <laughs> so they say, oh, it's a vegetarian thing, fish doesn't count. Mm -hmm. um, and you'd get your, you know, your standard things like your dumplings of all with all sorts of fillings. You get a borscht for sure, like a nice sep kind of mushroom borscht, uh, especially again, if you're somewhere in the West where you've got all the forests and stuff. Um, some loads of things like um, beetroot hren, uh, which is like uh, beetroot and horseradish, uh, beetroot cooked with mushrooms. And then one thing that we do, which is really interesting, um, is this sweet kind of uh, porridge, porridgey soup thing with loads of barley and, and poppy seeds and it's honeyed and it's got dried fruit in it and you'd pass it around the table and you'd all like drink out of this one bowl and this is how you begin your meal and another thing that I really love and we still do it and I think it's such a sweet tradition is you always put a plate on the table with with a big shot of vodka as well for kind of like people that are not no longer with you so you know for our grandparents or something there is always this you know and you fill the plate and everything and you've got your shot of vodka there and just to think of them so i always i like that a lot would you like to try all of that ben it sounds awesome i, I always think that fish 
usually plays a role in our Christmas, but it always has like second fiddle. It's, it's, it's not like the, the centerpiece of turkey or a glazed ham or something is right there in the middle. I love fish and occasionally we'll have it Christmas Eve, um, Christmas Eve sort of dinner, um, or maybe it's Christmas morning breakfast, but I love the idea of making fish more of the centerpiece. Love that. In, in Portugal, we do codfish, right? And it, it is a tradition with, with cornbread crumble on top. A lot of families do on the 24th or on the 25th. So that's our, one of our main things, actually. Although my Portuguese chef in culinary school, he used to say that codfish is not fish or meat. He's just codfish. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, Angela Clutton, which is someone that both of you know very well, she actually asked me to ask you a question, both of you. What food epitomizes your 2020? <sighs> Oh, you uh, just left. Oh, it's too much. Just, uh, <laughs> so much food. I think food has got me through 2020. Um, I, I think actually more of a category of food. And I think for me, it is uh, living food, like ferments and sourdoughs and things. And I think 2020 has been the year of that because with additional lockdown, everyone started to do things they've never had time to look after before. Um, so more a category of food for me, whether it's... Um, keeping a kombucha and brewing kombucha or sourdough um i've really got into that and and love it in part because i've been at home a lot more and had time to do it and in part because it is on trend everyone's talking about it and i wanted to be in the middle of that in the middle of that bubble i know someone who's very good doing that which is alia because she does have, does a lot of those things so right alia you do that <laughs> Yes. How about for you? I do. To my husband's dismay, this house is, I mean, I'm currently staring at this 10 liter tub of whole cabbages fermenting in there, just whole heads, uh, which is a bit crazy. But, um, (laughs) you know, I do do use all of it as well. And we've got loads of kimchi and everything. So, yeah, I did do a lot of that. I also had a baby in January, so I didn't cook as much. So for me, the thing of 2020 is actually beer. I think, can I say that? Uh, so <laughs> my husband- whatever he wants, yes. So for everybody no, giving birth, no. you just start with beer and from go for Not any beer. So my husband decided to, you know, what, busy with baby, you know, that wasn't enough. So he decided to start brewing in 2020 and like and I, at first I was like because you know I've never tried homebrew beard before and I was really skeptical I was like oh my god is this going to be rubbish like okay you want to brew beer but of course he's such a geek and he gets into it he really gets into stuff so now we've got a little cellar so it's actually kind of a semi-professional situation a professional situation I mean he does everything he mills his own grain he buys all of this organic grain and yeast. He even like cultivated his own yeast in the garden from under the pear tree and multiplied it. And like, so he's making porters, wheat beers, saisons, sour beers. I mean, it's mental. It's he's crazy. On full on, you can tell him to play Sudoku instead. He doesn't have to do all of that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things out there you can do. So, so yeah, so I think that's been like the project of, and he's also, because Ben mentioned kombucha, he's also started making these masses. So he's got these two big tanks. So he's making kombuchas as well. They're quite scary when they grow really big. He like lifted one up and it was just something like out of alien what? or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we we go for our trivia because i know both of you love some trivia right let's just I'm say guess it. so i'll start with you ben which dish is an absolutely must have at a ukrainian christmas eve dinner kutia salo or russian sweets Salo. it's not i mean i hope I my i hope my sources are great <laughs> <laughs> 
It's uh, it's kutia, right, Aaliyah? It's the sweet soup that you pass around. Oh, and no meat. I was so afraid <laughs> she, would, she would say the name before. I was like, don't say anything. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. Aaliyah, what Christmas beverage is also known as milk punch? A white Russian? No. No, it's not a Christmas beverage. <laughs> not not in your household. <laughs> no, no. But do you know Ben? Is that eggnog? It's that eggnog. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Ben, why Ukrainians leave all the food on the table after the Christmas Eve dinner for the entire night? It's for the poor, it's for a night snack, or it's for the dead? Is it for those who have passed that you're remembering? The same as the plated food. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh. See? See? Aliyah. What well-known Christmas carol became the first song ever broadcast from space in 1965? Oh, come on, man. Come on, you keep asking Ben all of the questions that I've already covered in my Christmas story. <laughs> like, you keep asking me, like, really? <laughs> Super it's, random it's, 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 you know, just, just take a guess if you want. It's a very famous uh, Christmas song. <sighs> I don't know, man. She'll never talk with me after this. No. no. <laughs> this is it. This is, this is the this end. Is it. Uh, ben, do you want to take a guess? Jingle bells. Jingle bells. There you go. Oh, for God's sake. It's That's so it's easy. Okay. Again, it was a, a stab in the dark. <laughs> ben, in what modern day country was St. Nicholas born? Now both of you just leave. Just, oh, David, what's this? Russia. Turkey. Oh, yes. What? Oh, yeah, it was. And that's why we have turkey for Christmas, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Aaliyah, last but not least. Oh, God. <laughs> what much revealed Christmas edible is known for its long shelf life? <sighs> it has a lot of dry, dry fruits there. Oh, God, the Christmas pudding, finally, at least one. Well, it's fruitcake. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you did not win anything. It's okay. So for... <laughs> For a thousand points, <laughs> bacalhau, burrego, or pato, which of this is not a traditional Christmas meal in Portugal? I'll start with Yolia. You can take one of the oh, three guesses. Uh, so bacalhau ba is, so the, one of the other two isn't. That's not, that's not how the game works. You got to choose say it again. Say, it again. say them again, please. Bacalhau, yeah. burrego, pato. Uh, Boregi isn't. How about you, Ben? Yeah, the middle one. Bureg yeah, middle one. It's actually pat. Boregi is lamb, and we do lamb, so it's pat, uh, which is duck. Well, this was worthless. It's okay. So, uh, round of questions. <laughs> <laughs> round of questions. So, after Christmas, let's imagine, because I want to imagine, uh, you guys go to a desert island. You know, you can take one protein, one vegetable, one fruit and one dessert. What do you take? One protein, one veg. One fruit okay. and one dessert. Okay, protein, something like a pork riette or like a duck pate or something. Can I have bread as well? Well, the logistics of what do you take, then it's up to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, how about the vegetable? Oh my God, this is a really difficult one. Cabbage. <laughs> Just take the bucket of fermented cabbage you have going on there. There you <laughs> go. Um, one fruit. Pineapple. Okay. And one dessert. Trifle. Ooh. 
I just imagine you arrive. I just imagine you arriving at a desert island with like a, a, a trifle. Ben, one protein. Uh, pork. Okay. Goes into everything from sausages and black pudding to bacon and everything in between. And the veggie. I've broken. I like all veggies. Why can't I take them all? Um, I'm going to say broccoli. One fruit. Apple. Definitely apple. Sweet and savory. Good in both. And dessert. I, I had a real craving recently for rice pudding as one of those old nostalgic favorites. And I had a bowl and I loved it. And now I can't stop thinking about rice pudding. So I'll take that. What was your first memory of taste on Christmas? It was always not necessarily the first from when I was youngest, but the first of every Christmas is Clementine. And we would always have one in our stocking. And that was the one thing that we would open and then open, so unpeel and literally eat pretty much in bed was a, a Clementine. So kind of that citrus. How about you, Olia? Well, a really weird thing popped into my head. And um, I might just reveal, go with it. I think maybe finishing off like unfinished, really bad Crimean champagne from like our parents' glasses or something. <laughs> That definitely happened. Okay. I don't remember how old I was. <laughs> what's, Olia, what's the most underrated dish for you on Christmas? Underrated. Oh, I don't know. Are Brussels sprouts underrated? Do people hate them quite a lot? People hate Brussels sprouts. Yeah, I love Brussels sprouts. And actually, I do like them quite well cooked as well. Like oh, flavors. When, when they turn nice. like yellow already, you like those? No, but you know, I quite, I like it when they're a bit, so I, you know, the super crunchy Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in it. I think they should be kind of like, they should give a bit. Okay. With chestnuts. Oh, I just love, I love Brussels sprouts. How about you, Ben? I, I was going to say Brussels sprouts as well on the basis that I think chefs spend at least one or two months of our year desperately convincing the rest of the world that they are beautiful. I love them, um, but no one else seems to like them. So I was going to say that, but I'm actually going to say the cheese board. Um, I love the cheese board at the end of the meal. And I think it always just kind of gets thrown out and everyone's eaten so much throughout the day that it just gets thrown there and nobody's really interested because everyone's stuffed. So I always take pride in presenting a nice cheese board with all the little condiments and the biscuits and different bits and pieces and then make sure I save room for some because I love it. What's your most overrated dish on Christmas, Ben? Overrated? Pigs in blankets. Uh, there's so much going on on my Christmas plate that actually that's... I could, I could live without them. How about you, Olya? I hope my husband is not listening. And actually, he does make a really good <laughs> version of it. <laughs> Uh, bread sauce. I just don't really get it. I'm what's, trying. What's, I'm what's really, a bread I'm sauce? So it's kind of like bread cooked in milk with some with an onion studded with cloves. Uh, so it's kind of like mushy, sloppy, milky bread, uh, savory. Uh, you serve it with your roast, with, with whatever, okay. with your. And you know, I I'm trying, and I have had really good version. Like Joe makes a really, actually, a really good one. But I'm still a bit like, oh, I'm not too sure about it. Do you like that, Ben? Uh, yeah, I, I I I do like it, and I actually prefer it to cranberry sauce because I find sometimes cranberry sauce can be too sweet. I mean, a good one should be tart and tangy and sweet, but sometimes it's just like cranberry jam on turkey which i think is personally too sweet so the bread sauce although it is just soggy bread um because it's got that savory kind of bay leaf and studded onion it's i, I actually prefer it to cranberry sauce 
Ben, do you have any uh, special Christmas leftovers that you do with the next day, a couple of days after or no? It's interesting that you said earlier that um, you try and pick a cuisine that's different every year and do something completely out of the box. We kind of, as a family, we have our very, very close family siblings and, and uh, plus ones as um, Christmas and Boxing Day. And it's normally the 27th that we then have like Christmas round two with extended family. Um, and by then, everyone's so fed up of Christmas and roast and leftover turkey that we do something completely out of the box. So we'll just do like a, a feast of, of curry or um, we will tackle a, a big pot of ramen or something like that. So they're the favourite, the one that actually changes every single year. And we try and do a cuisine we've never done before. But on the 27th, when it's uh, my mum's side of the family, auntie, uncle, and cousins and, and nieces, and nephews, and, and that's, that's the fun time. How about Julia? Any special? Uh, from yeah. Christmas leftover? Yes. So I, I love a duck for Christmas. So my mom rares them. She, she's got loads of ducks and then she kills them and then we roast them. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do one here as well in the UK this year. And what I like to do is I like to stuff it with loads of sliced um, Savoy cabbage, kind of like cooked down with some onions so it's all kind of caramelized, some kraut, some chestnuts, maybe even some mushrooms, you know, quite a, quite a lot of stuff, stuff the duck, roast it. So it all kind of like is saturated with the duck fat. And then if you've got any leftovers of the duck, you, of the duck, we just kind of like pick at the meat on the back and stuff. The next day I fry it until it's crispy and then add all of the remainder of the cabbage, the kraut, whatever else is left and do kind of like a hash almost. And then a fried egg on top. And you know, it's not, not the worst. Sounds good to me. Uh, so I don't know if you both remember the name of the podcast is Turning Chickens and Breaking Dishes. Turning Chickens means someone that has a lot of experience and Breaking Dishes, someone that has exceeded all expectations. Ben, do you think Santa Claus has been turning more chickens or breaking more dishes? I think he's been turning more chickens. He's been doing this for an awful long time and he's got it. He does the whole world in 24 hours. He's got it down now. <laughs> How about you, Leah? Is it the same question about Santa? It's about Santa still. We're still on Santa, yes. Yeah, but we've established that, you know, the Simpsons. Watch, watch out, Ben, because he I still believes it all year. So. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say he turns more chickens. Leah, what's your, I know 2020 was absolutely crazy for a lot of reasons. What was the trend that you saw that people start doing it more? If it was you know, buying more cookbooks or cooking more at home? Or was any trend that you saw people were doing in 2020 that will carry 2021? I wish they were buying more bloody cookbooks. <laughs> uh, FYI for people listening, that means that Aliyah wants you to buy her three books for Christmas. I've heard excellent stocking fillers and you should buy all three. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good call. Um, good call. Yes. Yeah. So no, that definitely wasn't the trend. Um, but... Oh, well, I guess people have, did start baking a lot more. The whole sourdough situation has really kind of took off. And, um, and I really hope that it, you know, it, it remains and people keep doing it. And also with all of the pickling and stuff, uh, um, hopefully people realize, you know, all of this fermentation stuff that sounds so scientific and scary. Actually, you're just shoving a couple of veg into some salted water and you leave it like that tub. I haven't, you know how people say like, oh, you should burp it and open it and let the gas out. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. You have maybe do it a couple of times, but you don't have to do it every day. That yeah. tub, yeah. I mean, if I open it, it's going to be quite, you know, bubbly and uh, you, you don't want to be around it too much. But 
it's all right. It's really easy. I mean, there are five huge things of cabbage in there. That's yeah. why. But if you're doing something in a jar, it's not scary at all. It's just like, do it. Easy. Once you've eaten them all, then you get really bubbly. Then people don't want to be around you. <laughs> that's the problem with, with, with fermented cabbage. Uh, that's true. How about you, Ben? Especially having you know sorted into the YouTube channels, did you see a trend that people were asking more from you guys? And what do you think that will carry for 2021? I think um, a better connection to food and people wanting to understand more about food and where it comes from. And I, I, I'm sure that will carry on that the provenance of understanding more. Um, you know, at the same time, budgets are tight, and it doesn't mean you can necessarily always afford. Uh, more expensive and more premium food but i think people want to understand more about the food and therefore make the best choices they can with the budgets they have so yeah sort of digging deeper and, and learning a bit more about where it all comes from what's your new year's resolution i hate new year's resolutions because i think they're always so negative and so give up this punish yourself for that banish yourself for this so it, i've always flipped it around and f found something that i do enjoy doing but never get around to doing and insisting that i do more of it um, so I would like to, my new year's resolution is to continue learning more about wine. Cause I think I, I've dipped my toe in the water this year. Um, up until then I, I knew what I liked, I liked what I knew. And there was a whole world that I never explored. So for me, it's continuing my wine exploration in terms of learning where and what and how, um, some of the best wines are made. Aaliyah. Um, yeah, similar to Ben, not really a resolution kind of person, but I have discovered a few things that um, during both lockdowns, really, um, like drawing. I've been doing live drawing classes online and stuff, and I would like to do them in real life, you know, like with actual people around me. I think that would be really nice if possible. So, yeah, just keep doing these little things that make you kind of slow down a little bit and, you know, and also have... Another thing, actually, that I have been doing, I, I started doing a, a diary in, in October. So, like, just silly drawings. And, you know, I don't do it every day. But from time to time, I just write something that we've done or, uh, you know, it, it's all kind of super silly. But hopefully the boys can look at it in 20 years and be like, oh, this is funny. This is great. <laughs> so I want to keep up at it, actually. That's one thing. Well, Ben and Olia, this was a pleasure again. Thank you, because I know both of you are extremely busy and I keep nagging for you to come uh, on the podcast. Let's do tomorrow at the same time, if you want. Um, <laughs> Always a pleasure to talk about food and Christmas. Olia, yeah. Merry Christmas. How do you say Merry Christmas, Olia, again? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Ben, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I hope both of you have a wonderful 2021. Thank you. Bye. Wasn't that the best episode ever? Hmm? Yeah, I thought so too. Thank you so much, Oli and Ben. They are just awesome. Make sure you buy Oli's cookbooks and follow Ben on everything he's doing at Sorted Food. The podcast will now be on pause for some weeks. We all need a rest, recharge, and make sure we come back even better next year. The last six months have been an absolutely pleasure. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Don't forget to follow the podcast page on Instagram at Turning Chickens Breaking Dishes. If you want to send me an email or if you have a question or even a suggestion for a guest here on the podcast, you can do so to info at turningchickensandbreakingdishes.com. If you celebrate Christmas, have a great one. If you don't celebrate Christmas, doesn't matter. Have a wonderful rest of December. I will see you next year. Try not to miss me so much. I know it's really hard. Feliz Natal. E adeus.